that's absolutely taking a dump on my time, but I kind of like that. So I see where they're going. I see where they're going, but just had to throw that out there. So sometimes. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, I didn't know Daedalus hold that thought. I just wanted, so to be clear, Nathan, what you're saying is sometimes you like, you enjoy the experience of <laughs> a game taking a dump on your time. Check. Please you would know. You would know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would not. <laughs> and now you know why I want the couch to be clean. <laughs> this is bullshit. How did that just backfire on me like that? It was so well because planned. Because you dove right into it, bro. Uh, I'm just saying. You dove right like into a it. pile of shit. Okay, Daniel, <laughs> please. Welcome to the party. We are looking for more of your podcast for all things gaming with a focus on MMOs, RPGs, game development, and gaming culture. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg. I'm joined today by our returning party members. Let's welcome back the, 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 Nathan Napalm. Uh, glad to be back. That one was, I was, I was in this when I was harnessing my inner rage and strife but there it is and we'll talk about it a little bit also welcome back daedalus hello everybody friends as always we got a lot to catch up on we got a lot of great things to talk about hopefully more inspirational things all a little bit of ranting as you always expect but before we dig in got to give a big shout out to all of the supporters here on twitch youtube and patreon uh, those are the Imperial Flames. So thank you so much for your support and keeping this party's bags packed, provision stock for all adventures here on the show. Also, speaking of the show, if you want to show some support, you can do us a solid go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, leave us a comment. We'll read it here live on the show. Um, you can find the link to iTunes and all the other places we're at over at the LFM show on Twitter. Pin post right at the top. There you go. You can also call into 1539-664-6801 to leave us a voice message. And if it's appropriate, we'll play that here live too. Um, today we're gonna do a little catching up. We're gonna try to look beyond the narratives, whether they are false, scummy, randworthy, inspirational, or otherwise. But gentlemen, how have you been since last time? Well, I've been good, man. Um, busy, busy. Um, it's just mm. that time of year, you know, where, yeah. you know, things are crazy. I think in most business right now, uh, tax season, uh, yada, yada. I think uh, this is when a lot of business drums up. So I've just been getting hammered, you know, in a good way where, you know, I enjoy being, staying busy. So um haven't really got to game much this weekend. But I have to admit, after mm. our last show. Yeah. Just a little bit, probably five hours max the whole week. Okay. I did play a little World of Warcraft Classic. Did you? Well, you guys told me it was okay now because Microsoft bought them. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, I that's do, what we said. <laughs> I do kind of <laughs> like Classic. So I've been playing a little Classic, but barely, barely, uh, barely, but a little bit. Hey, bro, you got to make up some bullshit like, you know, dad. This is <laughs> yeah, like you in, do. It just to just do. Don't team me with that shade, Dude, when I play Classic, <laughs> I turn off Discord. Dude. I make sure there's nothing <laughs> that can report me that I'm playing it. I'm still very <laughs> No <aware>. evidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, I can't have my game being stream shown. I can't have anybody oh, no. to, uh, ask what I'm doing. Oh, no. They need to think I'm off doing my, you know, <laughs> life duty shit. Even my wife walked in and she was like kind of far away. Just saw yeah. she could tell it was an, an MMO. And she's like, what are you playing? 
And I was like, uh, just just a game. And she was like, what game? And I was like, what game do you think it is? And she thought it was she thought it was Final Fantasy 14. She's too far away. She was like, You're playing Final Fantasy 14? I was like, whatever you whatever you want to think. <laughs> you do that really. <laughs> yeah, that really happened. <laughs> I never admit when it. When you can't admit it, you know it's a problem. And so I'm going to say that right now. He's like, I don't know. What do you think I'm playing? We'll play the guessing game. I'll tell you if you're right or not. And then every time she asks, I'm like, it could be. It could also not be. Who knows? Sure. Sure. If that's what you think it is, then okay, then. <laughs> Only way to know for sure is if you want to come snoop. Do you want to be that person? Do you want to snoop? <laughs> no. Funny, man. How about you, Dalos? <laughs> Um, you know, not, not much. I mean, things like, you know, like Nathan, things have been like a little crazy juggling a few things, but I did get, you know, some time to make, you know, mm-hmm. a few characters in City of Heroes, as a you few. might have guessed from my background. <laughs> yeah, I want. All right. This is the moment I just want to say he said a few. To be fair, a few is three or more, but <laughs> feel free to go to our Discord, look in the City of Heroes uh, channel and just look at all of the images that he's linked there. I think you might have a problem bro <laughs> there might be one more that's not pictured I'm are you serious throw that out there yes <laughs> those are the ones that are publicly visible that i've shared these are the ones no you know no of. there's literally only one more and that was like <laughs> last night i saw your stream i'm like oh, I, I gotta make a character with shield let me let me do that oh uh, no dude <laughs> yeah we were playing city of heroes if you can't tell daedalus might have the this uh title of such behind him that might actually reference the same thing with that being said speaking of city of heroes that's it's the game we're doing for our community night here it's uh the one that knights of the phoenix my guild the the spearhead of this community um we sort of we do our community night on fridays most most fridays throughout the month and this was a great option for community day because you know, the, the specs are relatively, I mean, if you've got a decent computer these days, you're totally going to be fine running that. Um, you know, it's free. It's clearly like a private server sort of thing run by fans, but, um, there, there's definitely people that still play it even at this point in time. And it was a great free option. Um, there's a lot of reference points to that. I know Daedalus has actually made, uh, on the Ashes Pathfinder podcast talking about Ashes, of creation development specifically um so yeah that's that's like uh it's been a fun time and it's been a good reference point to kind of talk about something a bit old school that you know i think a lot of the newer games could actually take a a few pages from their playbook it actually shocks me that some games don't have some of what that one has specifically in character customization I'm, i'm i was shocked at the complexity of yeah. options there i was like yeah, man 2004 are you kidding me right yeah and i'll tell you you know what you know what city of heroes really reminds me of was it remind you um, i i just that time frame that it came out i remember that was when i was super already like the early it hadn't been out very long addicted to final fantasy 11 and then cities city of heroes came out and it was totally different and up until that point i'd only have one mmo at a time and I remember being like, crap, but this is like not the same. This is like a different kind of MMO, you know? It's not the classic uh, elves and dwarves and fantasy. It's uh, it's superheroes and, um, you know, you make your own hero. You kind of design your own powers. It's yeah. pretty freaking cool, man. A lot of customization, too. You get to, like, choose, like, for for the character's spell effects or combat effects or whatever. You can actually choose... 
so many different like color themes for the different skills individually. It's like, what? And for, I think I spent like almost an hour just creating a character last night. Jeez, man. The More amount of that, bro. Was it? <laughs> yeah, it was almost like Shit. two hours. Oh my <laughs> gosh. It was like nuts. I was like, oh my God. I'm just like, and people are sitting there and we're having a good time chatting about it. It was, a, it's a good time. And looks like we got a handful more people that are probably going to join us again. So it's awesome because it's a place that our homies here in this community can come hang out, get to know each other, have a good time. And there's like no real barrier to entry. So, right. you know, so it's, it's pretty cool, man. It was a lot of fun. And um, yeah, it's been a really, yeah, I didn't know you could go headless. Like Wolfie was saying in chat, I had no idea. It was like, you can have like animal like themes too. I could have taken my Lightbringer Phoenix style character and had it totally given him like an Eagle set if I wanted to. Like, but I didn't it's like, geez. And you've got like that onboard sort of like uh wardrobe where you can just create up to like, what is it? Six before you have to unlock them later through gameplay. I think Yeah, six or seven. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Six different variations of different costumes for each character. Like, geez, dude. So I'm stoked to play on Friday tomorrow. It's, it's, I'm looking forward to it. Um, ah, yeah, we're, we're going to look beyond the narratives and, and talk about some of the things that inspire us. We're going to end on, on a really great note, I think. There are some things that are rantable. Rants of plenty yeah. coming. And we're going to start with one that's in the domain of shade. The shade. Something that looks a little shady sus. I call bullshit. What better example to lead with than good old Embers Adrift, our favorite, current favorite game to reference a lot of what not to do. It's just a great case study on bad choices, if in my in my opinion. Um, so far, yeah. So far. I'm still hoping they turn this around. Um, it's it, looking bleaker by the day, but yep. they still could. They still could say, hey, we're not ready. We're going to do the right thing here and make a solid game before we launch it, right? Certainly would be wise. A wise choice, I think. It's in beta now not getting really viewed by anybody on Twitch real talk. Yeah. There's that is a solid reflection of community sentiment. I'm sorry, but it is. Um, cause if people are interested in the game, they're going to be looking for live streams to look at the game so they can, you know what I mean? YouTube is like one cut of that pie and Twitch is another cut of the pie, right? They have a lot of similarities and a lot of, um, it's just, two different platforms to basically experience a game and get a, get a taste sure. of it in different ways. And unfortunately it's a, it's a pretty solid reflection on the, here's what happens when you have paid views for things on YouTube and yeah. you don't really have anybody that you're, I mean, presumably that I'm aware of that you're paying to live stream. And if you are, they certainly aren't doing a good job of helping you to bolster your, yeah. Community if they're paying, there. then hopefully they're not paying much because they're not getting much out of it. Well, I don't know about you all, but whenever I see something like ad or sponsored, like I've done a sponsored uh, stream here and there or ad or whatever on YouTube, like I don't think I don't think I've technically done it for YouTube. I've done it on Twitch before. Um, but then I did a solid and just put a YouTube video out anyway, but that wasn't really part of the sponsored content. Um, so I've done that stuff before. But if you've got to put ad or sponsored in the stream title, I think it's important for the majority of people to be aware i personally don't take that seriously i'm like okay well they don't authentically necessarily like what's the baseline of that right i probably wouldn't be showing you this if i wasn't getting paid to do so 
Sure. Majority of the time, that's a pretty safe assumption that I think a consumer would take if they were watching too. This is an ad. It's sponsored. They're paying you to do this, right? First presumption, human behavior is probably, well, you probably wouldn't do this otherwise. Otherwise, we'd see you're doing this regardless of the pay, right? Um, yeah, but at the same time, yeah. I don't think it's useless for people no. to do sponsored ads. I sure. think that like – yeah. I think it's still good because, you know, content creators, people go mm-hmm. specifically to that person for their opinion. And I think most sponsored ads, they do it in an open way these days where it's True. like, hey, we're not going to tell you what to say. We believe in our product so much that we just feel like if we give it to you, that you will do it justice just by your opinion, because we believe this product was built for people like you. Um and then that's yeah. the way you do it. And then at the mm-hmm. beginning, they always say, hey, even though this is a sponsored video, they did give me full rights to say whatever I want to say about this. And I've seen them rip them apart, man. I've seen them be like, hey, I hate to do this because you sent me this free whatever it is or you sent me this copy of this game and et cetera. But I got to talk about what's wrong with it, right? Yeah. Like these, these are the problems. Um, yep. And then a good company always comes back and be like, hey, appreciate that feedback. We're going to fix those things, right? Um yeah, good company, and, true. Yeah, that's good. That's good community building, right? Like now let's talk about bad. All right. Yeah. And you know, exposure, you're totally right. Especially if you get a content creator who's got a large audience. Like that's regardless of whether a lot of people might see it that way, it's still people that if they see it, there's a percentage of those people that are still gonna go look at it and just they're gonna take a look. They're gonna see. Yeah. So it, it's still beneficial, but they did a they did an an interview on MMORPG, which it was good to see they did one. I'm going to get, I'm going to start with some of the positives here. It was good to see they did one, but it looked like a lot of wordsmithing. It looked a lot to me like telling people what they want to hear, right? Like the things that people want to hear in the most neutral way possible. It definitely seemed from my perspective, at least like it, uh, reinforce a couple points that Renfels has been able to make on his side. And on their side, it, it just looked like a lot of wordsmithing and a lot of like catchphrases and words that you see a lot of times to kind of get people. One of the things that stood out to me the most was in talking about the future for the game. They said they were more about the journey. And, and when I read that I cringed because my main takeaway was, is it doesn't sound like you have a plan. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't have that. It's, it was more focused on um, this is a place for people to get together and have fun. And it's like, yeah, but this is like some of the most generic ways to explain your game. That's what MMORPGs are inherently a place for mul- massive amount. All right. Multiplayer environment to get together and RPG. That's, yeah. I mean, what makes yeah. it unique? Yeah. Right? What differentiates it from every other MMO? And I think the other thing that I wanted to touch on here before we dig into this further was mm. when you are like making a game, be it an MMO, single player experience, whatever, right? You you need to at some level step away from your product yeah. and, and really look at it critically. Like one of the things that I think, you know, in, in contrast to Embers Adrift, like let's say something like Ashes of Creation, right? you have someone that's almost militant about perfection before something gets released. And even when there is like, it's in an alpha or a pre-alpha state, there's still just so much, you know, frankly, so much trepidation from them releasing something, but they do. 
and they qualified. In this case, it's like, you know, when you're in a beta and when you still have like major issues and you're you're seeing that like live on streams, mm-hmm. you have to at some point realize, am I drinking my own bathwater here? Am I like really putting Beth forward a product that I can, if I really want, if my goal is really to make money, wouldn't I want to have the best first impression possible? Right. Yeah, I agree well, with that. So, I, I don't know why Daedalus is stepping on my business toes here. Uh, I said nothing course. about shower juice. I <laughs> was okay, saying, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> That's too funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah, man. I. Uh, it's just. It, it it is it just me or does it kind of feel like? From my perspective, it seems like they're just making these moves so late in the game compared to where they're at right now. You know what I mean? Like interviews, content creator engagement. You should have been doing this for like the past nine months plus leading up to your game. Be engaged in community. This is, I hate to say I told you so, but literally these guys that are doing the interviews, I told you so. I told you this is not going to be good. I said, take Renfell out of the equation, right? You can be like, yeah, but you're his friend and all this. Like, shut the fuck up with that. You're not listening, right? It's like, like Dayla said, you guys stay, take a step back and hear what I'm telling you. I told you guys, I'm not saying I'm right about everything, but I know I'm right about this. It's based, it's a community oriented game in MMORPG and you're not bolstering the greater MMORPG community around your game while you're quiet. Fundamentally, it's not going to be a good, it's not going to go well, right? People these days specifically with MMORPGs, they want to be able to see it grow. Uh, I think a lot of times too, because of how many bad scenarios we've seen, they, they want time to kind of like look at the evidence that could support this vision that you're talking about. Uh, see how you're engaging with your community, how you treat these potential consumers and community members, how you're bolstering them around your game. But none of this was happening. And you could be like, yeah, but our tester, that is not the MMORPG community. Your audience, at least from my perspective, should be everybody in the genre who might be willing to give your game a chance. And if you're only focusing on these small little groups of people that you're either willing to pay who have backed the game and are testing it, a handful of which, like 10 or 20 people from my experience as someone who is testing and confirmed by people who have still been testing. I'm not going to reveal who, but I have heard. The individual's telling me it's still just a short, like I saw a small handful of people. Now the live streams are reflecting of that as well. So all these steps, they're late. I told you so. I said a year ago, almost a year ago now, you got to get out there. Like if this change is happening with your game, you got to get out there. You got to get on these live streams. You got to start engaging with community as often, as frequently as possible to bolster them around what is now essentially a new game. So, and I want to say something too. Like I do feel like the NDA was dropped too soon. However, however, I can see the, I can see there could be a genius level marketing (laughs) kind of thing here, right? Where you do show off your game, except for just don't say your game's about to come out. You say, Hey, we're free alpha. You know, they rebranded, they could totally get away with this. Like, People like me and you may not fall for it, but they could totally get away with it. And I could even kind of respect mm-hmm. it in a way if they were like, hey, we're in pre-alpha for Elden Ring. Um, you know, uh, we're doing it open. 
because we want you to see as the game is being built. Obviously, there's still a lot of issues. Performance is bad. Um, you know, we got you talk to tables, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But all those things are going to be fixed. Yeah. We're in pre-alpha, right? And then I could really respect this, right? Like they're trying to build a community because they didn't have one. And this is a good way to do it. And plus, talk, pe- you know, if it looks cool to people, talk True. them into buying into your pre-alpha package, right? So that will be the only reason I think this is a bad decision is because they're still saying we're going to fix that. We're going to fix that. We're going to fix that. We're going to fix everything. We're going to fix everything. And so far we're going to release this year. Like, dude, that's unrealistic. And why are you even doing that? I don't even get it. I don't even understand what you're getting out of that. That's it would be smarter for you to say, you know, like Pantheon does. The more you fund this, the quicker the game will come out. That's just the more money we have, the more people we can hire, the faster we can produce this game. The game documents or the, uh, you know, all the documentation needed to create this game are there. We just have to have the manpower to build it. And there's not enough of us currently to do what we want to do. Yeah. Cool. Totally understand. Right. And plus I'd be way, everybody would be way more forgiving on performance and all these other issues. I agree with that too. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or say we'll release it when it's done. Right. And actually listen to community feedback. I mean, I I don't I mean, that seems pretty damn obvious to me, but that's what a lot of developers, even ones that are seasoned that have like final products out there that are going off the rails. It's like, listen to your community. It's not to say like every single piece of feedback you need to action on, but at least look at those like major things that can really like impact your game in a positive way if you went in and fixed them because you know it's not like you're not going to get bugs in a test cycle right you know that even like people that are going in and you know playing a test game they know they're going to get bugs but when you just have like constantly just saying hey we're going to fix that we're going to fix that we're going to fix that oh by the way we have all these bugs and we're looking to release fairly soon oh it just it just it's like you know the perfect storm of i'm not gonna buy this shit right i'm yeah. not gonna invest no way. in it right? we've all had to deal with that too many times right yeah when exactly. we see it coming we're not gonna do it yeah i don't know how many times I'm, I'm i'm finally learning i think right i'm a slow learner sometimes and i'm finally learning don't fucking pre-order games yeah because until you see it out there and it's like you know very rarely has have I had a positive experience. Outside of say, like Elden Ring was probably the only game I pre-ordered that I'm actually like I'm not getting buyer's remorse over. I think you're safe with Nintendo games, like made by Nintendo. If you're a fan of Zelda or whatever, um, mm-hmm. you're pretty safe with those. They launch pretty dang good. I can't think of a Nintendo game that launched in a crappy state currently. I'm sure somebody can, um, but super rare um, and. I think you're okay if you set your expectations right with the new expansion for an MMO you enjoy. But you have to set your expectations. Don't ask off for work, guys. It's just not a good idea, right? Like, don't ask off for work for a launch of an MMO or for a um, uh, an expansion release. It's just, come on. How many times do you have to get burned on that one before you quit asking off, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, if I keep doing that, though, my bar is going to be so low, I might as well just not spend the money on the game anyway, right? <laughs> might as well not care anymore about any of it at exactly, all. Exactly, right? <laughs> might as well just flush my money down the toilet. At this point. Oh, man, dude. 
You know, it was a good segue though, because no, one thing I want to say about City of Heroes is you linked in our Discord uh, a article, I believe it was off of their forums, right? And they were outlining yeah, the homecoming. Yeah, it's it's City yeah. of Heroes homecoming. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought I thought that was good because it was just like a really good show of transparency. Granted, they're not a game developer, but they are running a game, even though it is a private server. And I just think stuff like that, you know, it. I think sometimes people, when I, because I often kind of rant about what I consider bullshit, you know, uh, or just kind of like really bad practice. And a lot of times people are like, oh, but those are like really high expectations. I'm like, it's not like you're really asking for them to outline every single dollar spent or where everything's being, you know, exactly how everything's being done. You're just talking about a little bit of a, a transparency and good faith, something that I don't think that we're really working on establishing anymore it seems like so anyway nintendo segue yeah (laughs) i I saw this this week and it's not anything coming from nintendo but uh i'm actually excited about this so uh, zelda card of time is it ocarina right i always say ocarina Uh, ocarina of time ocarina i don't know anyway Oh, Ocarina. No, I'm oh, sorry. Ocarina. <laughs> sorry, it's like it just happened in my head. ADD moment. You're welcome. Uh Zelda from N64 is getting a port. All right. Not not Majora's Mask, just the you know, Ocarina of Time. And yeah, it's like April 1st, I believe, is when it's supposed to be going live and i already see that there are mods for this thing it's it's not by nintendo it's a fan port uh over they you know because they had got their hands on the source code and it's exciting because it looks like it's going to support a lot of different resolutions that you can yeah. just sit back on your pc and play it yeah like and people and are already mods for it and in widescreen never been able to play it in widescreen yeah. um, even the official you know, in Nintendo fashion, um, Nintendo Switch Online service where you can play Ocarina of Time on your Switch. You know, it's just an up <laughs> you know, version of the original. It's not widescreen or anything. But they did do, am I lying? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I might be getting this mixed up. But if you would have got the Mario anniversary, which they don't sell it anymore, it's limited time, you could play Mario 64 in widescreen. Pretty sure I'm not mm. lying. I think I remember it being like that. But yeah, being able to play Ocarina of Time with mods, with, um, there's already a guy got a texture pack ready to go, right? So like HD tech texture uh, pack coming. I still say though, I still say though, that the ultimate Ocarina of Time experience to date is there's these programs that I don't even want to mention what they're called, where Mm -hmm. you can play a game you can play the game you can play the 3ds game you know what i'm saying everybody knows what i'm talking about yeah, 3DS version. thank you i didn't know if we're even allowed to say that word anymore that is the <laughs> ultimate experience i own the game on my 3ds right so it's totally legal i can right. play it on my pc but um yeah that is the ultimate because it up you know the the program that starts with an e does up res it uh and everything and it looks fantastic it yeah. looks outrageous yeah, someone so actually got it's an April Fools that dropped. It could be, but I don't know, man. Usually with April Fools, you just see like one entity showcasing something for you. You don't have all these other little chunks. So I guess we'll have to see. But I, I gotta agree, 3DS was a really good. That was a really good version because you could flip that 3D, you know, slider up on your 3DS, 
and run around it. And I was like, this is the best experience. I wish it wasn't on a small screen, you know, but it was the best visual experience I'd had of that game thus far. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I totally agree with that. And remember the best Zelda April Fool's there ever was, don't you? Uh, what was it? I don't think I remember. You remember? Was it IGN? I think it was IGN or something. They they launched this, uh, you know, kind of shitty little trailer, and it was basically oh, Zelda yeah. was coming out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. it was really like, well done. Dude. It was really well done at the time too. And you're like, I don't know, man. Seems a little low budget, but it looks like it could <laughs> be real. And then it was like, we're just kidding. And you're like. There's a place in hell for you. <laughs> right. But at the same time, yeah. I was also like, I don't think I'd really want this to be what it looks like either. So, yeah. Yeah. That was the best. That was the best April Fool's I've ever seen out of all of them. It is possible, but I don't know. I don't think it is. I think at this point, it makes a lot of sense that we'd probably see that. So I'm actually hoping that um, it's something that I can I can check out and just kind of maybe enjoy. I'd be really good if like some of these mods just made it look fucking badass not like unreal yeah. engine 5 stuff that we've seen but just really really clean it up and make it look good um yeah that was so like i want to talk a little bit about that time frame because yeah. the nintendo 64 was kind of the last time where you could have lived in a period where it was arguable where you could actually debate what was better pc or pick a console right especially the 64 because it was pulling off some pretty for that time impressive 3d models um in ocarina of time i remember became this big debate like what do you have pc versus this feature right so i remember true. that and they, they had no idea that you know like give it a year and some crazy stuff was going to happen but it was a it was a trendsetter, man. If I believe with 100% that open world games would not be what they were if it wasn't for that game. I think even though it's I agree. it's hard to it's hard to call that an open world game, but for its time it super was. Like that high roll build and all the air. I mean, that, that felt crazy. I yeah. remember as a kid, I would just sit and watch the sunset, which is ridiculous now when you look at graphics. <laughs> I would sit and just sit on a hill somewhere and just watch the sunset. Um, you know, and just like I would just I just absorbed that world um, at that time. And I wasn't a kid. I was in high school. Um, a lot but, of nostalgia yeah. for Zelda, man. I mean, yeah. just uh, the narrative that's been a part of, I mean, yeah. There is a really good, um, I've, I've talked about it a lot. I know I've shared it with you, but it's it's uh, it's basically called Why That Game, Ocarina of Time, <clears throat> excuse me, Ocarina of Time is the saddest Zelda game. And it's really well done. It's, it explores the subtext. And the main takeaway, I think, that from that, that I find just to be really beautiful. Um, and this does talk, talk about, like, looking beyond, like, just that, that the, the narrative that is, you know, kind of like the, the most superficial part. And then there's, like, a deeper narrative, right? And the deeper narrative with Zelda, if you look at it, is a lot of, like, uh, reuniting pieces, things that are broken, people that are broken, um, healing the earth. So a lot of, uh, you know, the the creators, um, original beliefs and things like that, they're, they're rooted deeply in Zelda games um, when you look beyond a lot of the, the superficial narrative of what's going on there. Um, more so probably when we hit Ocarina of Time because that's where you started to see Link running around planting seeds and trying to sort of rejuvenate things, you know, um, later on. So anyway, it's just the legend of Zelda. It has is a stellar game and story for so many reasons. And it, it will always 
for me, hold a very special place in my heart when it comes to um, just a fantasy world that I love to live in, you know? Uh, I also saw that GameCube. Now, I need to find this, but it was... It's a strange little contraption. I don't know where the article was. I don't have it on tap right now. I believe it was last night that I saw this or the night before. But it, it looked like... So someone... I don't know how they did this, but they basically made it to where it's like this case is what it looks like. It, it's it's kind of a big case, but you can sit it on your lap. It's got a screen and then it's got like keys on top of it. Right. And then in the front, you can put a disc in and it's basically for GameCube games. So it's like a, a portable sort of laptop style GameCube game player or whatever, which I just kind of thought it was funny. Um to kind of see it like that. Uh, but if I can find it, I'll drop it in our variety channel. But that was something that um, I saw that and I was like, Ooh. And my first thought was either Zelda games or the Prince of Persia trilogy that were on GameCube that I played back in the day. Um, so, yeah. Did, did you know that the GameCube is Miyamoto, uh, you know, Mario Zelda creator. Mm -hmm. uh, did you know that's his most hated Nintendo console? <laughs> is it really? Why? Because he was trying to get Nintendo to move into a direction where they weren't just competing on graphics and pro um, you know processor speed anymore. They were being he wanted them to be more innovative. Yeah. Um, and the GameCube was the last time they tried to do it, and that was the time he was like, "Guys, we need to move into like a different kind of space here." Um, you know, it's getting oh. a little getting a little crowded with the you got the you got Sony, you got uh, Microsoft, you got it's getting a little crowded in here fighting over graphics. Um. And then, you know, after the GameCube came the Wii and then the Switch, so they kind of moved. They yeah. found their little space. But, right. yeah, I was reading an interview recently where I, if you had to ask me what system would he hate the most, I would have guessed, uh, what was that one thing called Virtual Boy? Oh, <laughs> my God, dude. Wait, was that the one that you could look <laughs> into? It was all these, like, 3D linear lines, like geometric shapes. I yeah, remember there was that. Like, and it was like Toys three screens that made it seem like it was 3D. Yes. You, it, it did have depth on the inside, but yes. like they called it portable, but like how? You have to sit on a table and like lean into it and be like, <laughs> right. Mm. And then there was all these people claiming that like they were going blind from playing it too long because of all the red <laughs> lasers in their eyes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was so funny. I remember that at a uh, Toys R Us back in the day. It was like on a display there. And I remember thinking, it's cool to check this out. But as a kid, I was like, I don't know how this is ever going to actually. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, like, I well, wouldn't buy I, one just because of this, but it's cool to look into. I was a sucker. So I was, I wanted one. My parents were like, there ain't no way this is going to make it. Like, we're not buying this. But I wanted one because I was like, dude, virtual reality, it's the future, you know? Um, so I wanted one real bad. Yeah. You know, part of, part of me was like, oh my God, this is like the way that we become Captain A and the Game Master. Anybody remember that? <laughs> yes. Cartoon, you remember that? <laughs> yes. He had that like he had that old Nintendo uh, controller. Yeah, and he has belt. Remember his belt buckle was like the gamepad, the old Nintendo gamepad. He used it to jump, didn't he? He would like yeah. press a button to like do Super a high powers. jump. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. had like the pause button. I think he'd hit that too. And there were but he would actually use them to like manipulate the world environment and he would basically be a superhero as a result of that. You I'm gotta wonder that. because that was that was made by, you know obviously uh, the american <laughs> side of nintendo you gotta yeah. wonder at that time what japan thought about that because you know <laughs> right <laughs> yeah they, they just like mixed master mega man mm -hmm. and 
uh, that hippo guy yes. from Punch Out, and all these yep. crazy characters were just kind of mm-hmm. thrown together into this really bizarre Saturday morning cartoon. Oh man, we're going off the off on a, a nostalgia tangent here, but do you remember the old uh, Mega Man uh, cartoons too? Did you ever watch those? I don't remember there being an individual Mega Man. I remember yeah. being on the thing. On Maybe the it was part of the thing instead. Maybe. Maybe. I wonder what I, the Jap- sure. I wonder what the Japanese thought of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. <laughs> I bet you they didn't like it. <laughs> or the Zelda cartoon. Excuse me, princess. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. And, oh man. And then don't forget also the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, right. I was literally just thinking about that. Oh, was yeah. It, John Leguizamo. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, I loved it back then, though. I thought it was awesome. That was yeah, rough. Yeah, same here. It's like now it's like cringe factor to 27.25. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, they're going to do Zelda next. It's like, no, no. I think they learned from that, hopefully. <laughs> Probably not going to get another deal with Nintendo <sighs> to do that again. No kidding, man. Um. Okay, so I know this one came from Renfo. He's not here today, obviously. He recently was doing a move and stuff. We'll hopefully see him here again soon. Um, but he dropped this one. I didn't... So this is basically a strategy game, right? It's a lot like... It's a lot like uh, Command & Conquer, StarCraft, things like that. Old Warcraft games, if you remember. Um, let me let me go on ahead and drop a link here. Dune Spice Wars. There's a... I remember him talking about this. Oh, right, right, right. It's from a narrative perspective, it looks like pretty cool. I don't know that I'd play it because it it is that style game. Don't get me wrong. I don't mind those types of games. Like I think they're RTS games, right? And that what we actually call those real-time strategy. Yeah. yeah. So I, I have enjoyed RTS games before. Command and Conquer, I think it was like was the one with Michael Ironside acted in it. The lady that was in uh, Once Upon a Time, uh, the blonde, played uh, in the in the relaunch of Star Trek. Remember, she was like Kirk's mom in the I forget her name. Ah, it's killing me. But anyway, she was in it. There were a handful of people that did like acting in that, and it was cool because it had like you know sort of like this really cool narrative for it. And so that one I could get into more than the other ones I played. Um, this one maybe as well for similar reasons. It could be the thing that actually gets me. Yeah, and Warcraft, Warcraft three was amazing. Yeah, it was a great it was a one really as well. Good one. Still a little triggered by the fact that Blizzard's like, remember, I bought it from them to play it on my PC, had it download installed, and then they're like, sorry, it won't work for you now because we decided to take it off our store. It's like, give me my money back, bitch. Yeah, give me my money back. Yeah, these are the only fair thing to do. Uh, I I just checked it out because. I'm not going to lie. I first seen it and just quit watching because I, I thought it was a mobile game. Um, Do not look not like Kane. Daedalus, I'm sorry. <laughs> God bless. I'm sorry, Nathan. I saw that chat. I was like. <sighs> yeah, I was afraid. I just watched the beginning. I was like, oh, God, it's a mobile game. I just clicked off of it. Uh, so, but, yeah, but it's not. But it's not. It's a Steam game. Right. Uh, Kane, really? 
Nathan giggling too does not help the case at all. I don't like that. Um, I've got no comment. Yeah, I appreciate it, right? At least not now. <laughs> Just waiting for the casting couch comment again sometime soon. We haven't heard our quota for the damn show yet. Not even started. It's uh, early, dude. It's only, I know, only 45 minutes. I know, in. I know. So be no opportunity. He's like, he's like, he's like, has to come naturally, homie. Speaking of organically, okay. bro. Organically. <laughs> Yes. So V Rising, we've talked about here. I know, Nathan, we've talked about this before, too. Daedalus linked this today. I saw the email. It looks like it's coming somewhat soon. This is a survival game, but you're basically a vampire in it. And, you know, like the arts actually, I, I like it. I like the art style. Um, I've been a pretty big fan of the art style. I'm not a big fan of the top down perspective, but I think this is one I could get behind. Um, as a survival game, um, I'm, I'm still torn and on the fence, but I might I might be given a, a, a shot. But they do have a closed beta trailer up now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> rescinding the couch NDA sparrows in here, just ready to freaking reinforce Nathan, Nathan's <laughs> narrative. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Let me link this. Let me link Dune Games here so people have these if they want to check them out. I just want to make sure that, that they're. It's all Elden Ring got its review from MMORPG. And it's like there it's a pretty it's a pretty meaty review. Like it's a it's a pretty significant um outline of it. Kind of talking about all the different things, systems, narrative, all that. They gave it a 9.5. The cons are lost an entire save data once, which I saw some of those issues. They were very transparent through at least from my perspective, the notifications, if you just kind of pay attention, were there. And it's like, hey, you need to make sure that you go and you kind of do this little manual backup sort of thing. So this is probably what happened to them. I would, would be pretty surprised if that wasn't it. But that was an issue for a while there. And the other one is some late game bosses can be a tough pill to swallow. So really that is just really challenging, right? So overall, we're seeing yet another review with a nine plus rating between nine and 10 rating from what I consider a pretty reputable source that doesn't just make hasty decisions and reviews or anything like that. I know that they had a lot coming out the gate. Yeah. You know, before it even launched. Million, 12 yeah. million sold already, dude. What? On fire. On fire, dude. And I just want to say something. It is hard as hell. It's so hard that sometimes yeah. I'm like, I think all day, like when I get home and play Elden Ring, then I get home I'm like, nah, dude, I'm too tired now because it does take a lot of energy, right? Um, so, like, after it's not a game I play every day, um, but it, it is awesome. I always want to get back in there, right? Uh, so, um, the thing that it feels like to me, though, is this proves once and for all to all the developers out there: you do not have to hold our little hand all the time. Right. You True. can give us some freedom. You can let us figure it out ourselves. We like that. And I think this game proves that because we haven't besides Souls games or soul like games, mm -hmm. nobody else does that. Everybody holds their little hand like W key moves up. Press space bar to jump. Don't forget what all these icons do. Like, dude, shut up. It's like eight mm -hmm. hours of game. Horizon, Forbidden West or whatever which came out right okay. prior to Elden Ring. Uh, 
that's a good example of like, dude, hand holding. Oh my gosh, the whole game <laughs> is a tutorial. Like, Ooh. dude, I'm like 15 hours deep, and you're still tutorializing me. Really? It's like, dude, yeah, dude. Like, and I'm telling you, um, if it's if they're not if it, if it doesn't feel like a tutorial, then the characters just don't shut up. They just <laughs> talk and talk and cinema scenes, and it's like, dude, is this a game? Oh, what am no. I even? What am I doing? If I want to watch a movie, I'd watch a movie, bro. You know, Jeez. Diary of the Mouth, and then Elden Ring is just like <laughs> play. Here you go, have fun. Die a lot will beat your ass, but play. You know? Yeah. Do you know what it is that I like about Elden Ring? Honestly, I, I haven't played it in a week. Real talk. And I don't. I don't. That's not a bad thing, right? It's like, oh, does that mean it doesn't capture your attention? No actually just means i'm busy i don't have the time that it takes for me to sit down and enjoy a full play session i like to sit and put three to four hours in at a time yeah right yeah. i don't want to jump in for half an hour or an hour unless unless it's just a jump in real quick to know i can beat the shit out of that night cavalry fucker <laughs> who beat my ass a few times i got in on a saturday for that fucker just to take him out i was like that success feels great i'm gonna go enjoy the rest of my night now <laughs> there was that <laughs> you know there was that moment where it's like, I just need to get in here, focus face, and beat his ass so I can be like, bitch, please, my shit's custom. Don't you don't you think you know me, right? You caught me at a disadvantage one, two, three times. But let's be real. Between the two of us, you know I got you, fool. And I, I got to prove it to myself right now. I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to come in there and I'm going to beat that ass, right? Get dusted. Handful of baby powder across the damn face. Anyway. And you got that? You got that barricade shield? Uh, I've got the, no, wait, is the barricade shield the one you're using, which is like that rectangular one? Yeah, where you like, you pump it out and then your shield can even take heavy hits. I don't have without, that one yet. Like, mm -hmm. Okay, so Where all it at? is, is one. it's a Knight's Cavalry in Weeping okay, Peninsula. Of course it is, yeah. On your, on your way to that castle, yes. um, Storm, Strom, yes. something like that, um, right where that bonfire is, at right. night only, right there he's hanging out right there so all now right. that you can kick his butt cool. make sure you kick that one's butt and get that barricade shield you'll love it i'm gonna go beat his Although, ass then they did nerf it a bit Aww. uh just a little just a little bit they made it cost more faith points than it used. i mean you used to be able to use it all day every day and never run out of faith points so yeah i knew that was coming it was gonna get nerfed what do i have oh no i don't have that one the barricade shield yeah it's, it's an ashes right nathan it's a, it's yeah it's a, it's an oh, ability oh, right it's an ability that, i got Not that a, off the guy with the flail then yeah yeah oh, you got it before they changed it uh yeah. they changed it now you have to kill the knight's cavalry to get it unless they've changed it again yeah i killed i had to kill the it was the knight's cavalry with the flail he had that big ass he had, dude whoop my ass you got it you got it him. you got it yep that yeah, guy. I gotta do that. I'm a little scared. I'm a little scared. I, I got lucky with that guy. I got really lucky with that guy because I didn't know they changed it, and I went and fought him because that's where everybody said to go to get it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I went and fought that guy, and I just got super lucky. I killed him on my second turn, and I just had, you know, it was I was just in the zone, man. I got the rolls right, I, and uh, but yeah, I, I saw other people struggling, and I know he's not easy. I just got super <laughs> lucky and was on my game. Dude, you know, the very first time I fought him, I went and I fought him and knocked him off the horse, right? And then I was beating him down, almost had him to the to death, and he resummoned the horse. The second time I tried, uh, well, I tried a couple times or whatever, didn't have a whole lot of time. Jumped on on Saturday that day, I whooped his ass, right? Wanted to one-shot him. Do you know one or one 
you know, one attempt him. And you know what happened? I was beating his ass, dude. And then I did some weird thing where I was like rotating for my, my items or something. And for some reason, the, (laughs) the healing potion and the mount icon got overlapped and they were stuck like that. So I couldn't mount my horse back. I dismounted trying to use the potion on my horse then I couldn't remount my horse because they were both there. So he was just like doing nothing. And then dude came and he just flailed me to the face. And I was like, bitch, that wasn't even real. The bugs got me. You didn't. That was real. And then, oh, and then I got him that second time. And I I, I literally went and teabagged his ashes. No one oh, saw nice. it, but I did it. I, I have not one shot at any boss yet, but I almost did. But I knew I was going to do it. You know, I was like, oh, my God, I'm about to one shot. And I got so nervous that he beat, he killed me. So I, I had that happen too. Yeah. It was just like, it felt so good. Like, Oh my God, I'm actually going to do it. I'm going to one shot this guy. And then, you know, got too nervous and thought too much about everything happening and died. Yeah. I was going to say too, speaking on the merch discussion there that I saw on Chad Dayless, I, I use Teespring, mm-hmm. right? The, yeah. the stuff hasn't been made yet. I'm, I'm going to probably do it tonight or tomorrow, probably by Saturday for sure. I was going to do it earlier this week, but I was like, I don't want to do it yet because I'm trying to see if there's like a larger mug option. I don't have one there. And every other place I've gone to that has that doesn't have shit else. So I'm like, ah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It might just be a thing where I shoot you the thing and you can get one ordered yourself or something. Um, yeah. Because I like the idea of that, but it's like, man, we just need one place that can do it all and we haven't gotten yeah. there yet, have we? So, so do you already have some You already have some merchandise on Teespring or you haven't launched yeah, it yet? Yeah, I've already got that? a store and stuff there, okay. but, but it's just one thing. So, But we wanted to get some for like the Pathfinder show, looking for more because I want to be able to, you know, come in, rock like looking for more like silhouettes or something that'd be cool um have you thought about have you thought about for like a special event i don't know for like uh charity mm. or or whatever however you want to do it to like auction off the pants from the cat from the casting couch or i anything? knew you're going somewhere fucked up with that good play unbelievable nathan i got a challenge for you i know you saw it i'm gonna use what cheryl said she has a theory nathan can you talk <laughs> i can't I can't. Said, I, I don't think Nathan would be able to talk if he actually sat on his hands. Yeah, if if something ever happened to me, if I was in an accident and lost my arms, I would not be able to talk anymore. I would be <laughs> That's too funny, man. It's oh, true. God. It's true. That's too hilarious, dude. Oh man. Yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm working on it, but that's good. Bitch, please, my shit's custom. I've said that for years now. That's one of those things I say so for so many years. So I should probably I'll add that to the list like right now on my ever growing list of things to. Good idea. Good idea. <sighs> okay. Moving on. This is a good one. It's talking about MMORPGs. I'm going to pull this sentiment from an article though because I think the article, the discussion point specifically relates to League of Legends and their MMORPG that's in development. Okay. So here's the question. Like, they pose, what are the five things we want to see in Riot Games' upcoming League of Legends MMO? Now, if you haven't actually played League of Legends, it's a MOBA game, right? It's one of those top-down orientations. You know, you click yourself around, use your stuff. It's a very, very popular game, right, if you don't play MOBAs. They had uh, Arcane go to Netflix, which we talked about here previously. This would be the game that arcane's based off of the arcane series on netflix is probably i'm gonna say one of my top uh picks for an animated series 
Um, I, I just love love it. I love how they have lighting in it. I love the art style. It's a, it's just a really good, it's just a really good vibe. Um, and I don't say that very often about liking animated stuff, especially these days. So for me, it was great. I thought it was a really good showcase of some of the characters, background stories, stuff like that. Uh, so, so far, I feel like they got some really good entry points into their MMORPG. Really, really smart decisions from my perspective. So here were the ones that they had on their list, okay? And I okay. love it because they're definitely, some of this is debatable on what we think, but I'm just going to hit the bullet points so we can talk about this because I think this is important for any MMORPG. Number one on the list is the one I will 100% of the time put on the list. And that is respect for time investment, respecting a player's time. Yeah, I like that. That one, absolutely. Now, but, but hang on a second, though. Yes. That could that could also get ugly, in my opinion. Um, mm. And I say that because, like, I like to for things sometimes to not be easy, right? I like sometimes to have to work for it or feel like – I even mm. like it when, like, I know that I probably the percent of drop is really low and I won't get it, but I go farm it anyway, hoping yeah. every kill, like, was it, was this the one? Am I going to get it? Like, and that's really not respecting my time. That's absolutely yeah. taking a dump on my time, but I kind of like that. So I see where they're going. I see where they're going, <laughs> but just had to throw that out there. So sometimes. Yeah, I, you know, oh, sorry. Oh, uh, I didn't know. Daedalus, hold that. Thought. I just wanted, so to be clear, Nathan, what you're saying is sometimes you like. You enjoy the experience of <laughs> a game taking a dump on your time. Check. Please you would know. You would know. <laughs> no, I would not. <laughs> and now you know why I want the couch to be clean. <laughs> this is bullshit. How did that just backfire on me like that? It was so well because planned. Because you dove right into it, bro. Uh, I'm just saying. You dove right like into a it. pile of shit. Okay, Daniel, please. <laughs> Save me. Go. Fuck. <laughs> All right. So I think what they're referring to with the respect for time, which I think, I mean, I, I totally agree with you, right? If I want to go and farm something that is super rare, I'm, and I'm just <laughs> like, you know, militant about getting that shit done, I will go and do it. But I think what this is talking about is those lovely things that we all as gamers and MMOs really love. And it's called these dailies, right? Where you're doing the same oh. repetitive, tired oh. shit. Over and over and over. Definitely not point. respect. Yeah, that's not yeah. a respect for time at all. That's so, a really good point. That's probably what they meant. That's yeah. probably what they meant. The kind of things that they were talking about. And I yeah. hate dailies. Don't need them. Don't want them. Uh, hate it. I do too. Becomes a job immediately. Becomes yeah, a job immediately. Exactly. It's like repetitive, grindy, like, right. you know currency that you need to upgrade stuff like you know artifact power or something like that it just it just continues to be like that ap cycle over yeah. and over you can call it artifact power you can call it you know uh, something else i mean it's always going to be something that this is not interesting as a gamer to do right. it's like oh i have to do this in order to progress and that's right. not fun no at it sucks all the worst man you know and, and i saw it a lot and i'm sure other games were doing this but world of warcraft round was it i mean technically you kind of had this like you needed a currency to buy certain gear like 
or tokens. The tokens I didn't really care so much for because they were related to rating, and it was a straight-up buy of the piece, right? The, you know, honor points for PvP, I get that in because that's its own area in the game. But where they bridged away from that into the area that's just not not good, it's like where you saw like with the artifact weapons and things like that, uh, or even... I even would put down things like mission boards, the in World of Warcraft, the tables and the garrisons back in the day, order hall boards and things like that, that stuff and artifact weapon points. And even further into the game's development when I wasn't playing around the covens or covenants and uh, the last expansion that's currently out right now, all that stuff is a part of that same problem from my perspective, along with Bailey's. All of that just it just kills my enthusiasm to play a game if I'm complete. Yeah, and, and chat uh, unmatched forty five just mentioned, so we got to talk about it. What an oh. opportunity waste garrison! Absolutely, were. that could have been the coolest freaking thing. That was that could have been their solution to housing. Yep, it could have been so cool, man. It could have been so much more than the yep. stupid one expansion kind of thing and that's what that's what i feel like really hurt world of warcraft is yeah. it's like you get these things and they're only important for that expansion and then after that expansion they're worthless like garrison should have been something they could continue to build upon to this day right um and as far as i know 100%. it's not maybe if it is it was so bad that i Dude. don't know that it was you know and it felt like a bit of a rug pull too, because I we actually thought that was like our housing. But that's also where they they poured on the exaggerated hero narrative too. You remember that? Yeah. What was that expansion called? Help me out here. Um, you went back through the portal. Um, Warlords of Draenor. Warlords of Draenor. That was it. I, I think I'm thinking and right. Garrisons like, went, were in that. Yeah. Back yeah, yeah. That was it. Um, mm -hmm. So that expansion, I got to admit, when I just played straight through it the first time, I was like, not bad. Pretty cool. You know, um, mm. the story was pretty cool. The Iron Horde, I think, was what it was called. All that, I thought that was pretty cool. I, I thought the storyline was fine. Um, but, dude, that garrison thing, that just kind of spoiled, I felt like, the whole thing. I'm sure there was problems with it. I, I wasn't a hardcore World of Warcraft fan, so I'm sure everybody's cringing at that i'm talking anything good about that expansion i don't know i just played through the story that's what i do i keep up with the story of mortal warcraft i play through right. it, I see what Same. happens yeah and i live vicariously through you know bellular gaming nowadays i just i pay attention to that I, I do it when i'm like you know in the middle of working on something off to the side i'll throw a video up that's came out i'll see what's going on with the story and then i that's it i don't even I genuinely, they killed it when you don't listen to your community and you just, you know, you don't listen to your community and there's too many rug pull scenarios. And that's, rug pull's a term for this because that's what garrisons were from my perspective. It's like framed it as this awesome place that's all your own and it's customizable when really it was all about getting you to do this daily chore to the max. Yeah, and let me say something else. Yep. This really bothered me about garrisons. It mm -hmm. it almost it was so close to capturing 
a yeah. Warcraft, not World of Warcraft, a Warcraft kind of thing where like you could have sent out people to go. And Ooh. I don't mean through questing. I mean like you could have sat down and been like, all right, let me send out some workers to go get some logs. We send some down into the mine for some stone and some mm. ore. Yeah. And you could have built this place, right, in a really cool way and more customizable. You know they had you yeah. know they had the money to do like something totally incredible. Yep. Um, and and at first, when you're doing the when it first starts, it feels like that's where it's leading to. It but did. it never actually gets to that point. Yeah. The only things that felt anything like that were some of the some of the statues you could place in your garrison from achievements. That's one thing. Um, you could decorate too. You could like put like yeah, a very a very. I mean, I'm very minimal scale for sure. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree there. The tie into crafting was a good play. Just specifically having those different mod module or designs where you could have like your jewel crafting hut or a blacksmithing hut. And that was like, that particular element was cool. But what felt really bad was also like, you know, I mean, perfect example, Nathan, like you said, you could send people out to get things to help build it together. And these like, you know, these NPCs that you, cause you remember you could go around on the map and you could actually find them. It's yeah. like help them out. And then yeah. they come back and fight for you or whatever. And that was yeah. cool. But really what they were actually the majority of the time used for sometimes they did have a tie into um, your, your professions, right? Cause they are, you know, whatever, but what did it really come back down to? What was literally a phone app game? It was a board. You could have, this is, this is what mobile phone games were like. You'd have these people, you send them out. So it's like capturing that element and putting it into garrisons. And it just felt horrible. It did. Yeah, it felt, yeah, it did feel like a mobile game at yeah. the end of the day. You could do um, that on your phone in Legion. I don't know if you could do it in, Gar- in uh, Warlords or not. I can't remember now, but I don't think so. Legion, you could remember. No, you could. I think you could. Yeah. Okay. You could do order halls on um in Legion, I know for sure. You can definitely do order halls in Legion. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's the like the primary problem. I think Nathan, you hit on it. But it's like my biggest issue with World of Warcraft and their expansions. I mean, they were like they're they're fun in the moment if you just look at the expansion on their own, right? There's still some fun mm, to be had. Yeah. But sure. the reality is World of Warcraft uses every expansion to reinvent itself as opposed to building to a crescendo or giving you some sort of like incremental growth as an MMO. You're just tacking on new systems and new systems, but after a while, those systems just start to feel the same. And it started, and unfortunately, one of my favorite expansions, Legion, is where it started. You started with artifact power, then you got to Azerite power. Then you got to another currency that you had to grind in Torghast and Shadowland. So Ugh. you just continue to have that. And it's and they kind of found a niche where they said, okay, this is something we can implement and we can get people really invested in it. But again, it wasn't respectful for players' time. Right. Uh, and and yeah. that's like what i hope like other mmos are seeing this as a cautionary tale to say look yes you know world of warcraft is successful but at the end of the day it's it's going to come to a point where you're not going to have as many people playing that game and you can not only miss an opportunity to capture a community's imagination right you're going to miss an opportunity to really you know be successful as a product like hugely successful as a product 
Yeah, um, and 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 the real root issue here with what they've done is what um, was said in chat there, which is you can do these grindy things, right? You can do those things, but you need right. to keep layering them. You don't just reset them, right? When you reset, right. that pisses people off because they look back and they're like, oh my God, I'm not doing this again, right? I'm not doing this same grind, different story, every expansion. Like that is a pain in my butt. But if you would have layered it, and and Final Fantasy XIV is really good about this, where they layer it. So, like, as the layers get too deep, right, and it's like, okay, well, new player now, my God, there's no way they could do this giant layer to get to current, right? You take the bottom layers and you soften them up so that it's an easier window to hit, right? But you're still not absolutely you know peeing on the time of the investment of people who did it back in the day because they Mm -hmm. still have to do that grind it's just shorter for them because now they got a much taller um more floors to climb you might say so that's how you do it and respect people's time you keep building on it you don't just keep hitting reset every freaking expansion yeah right i mean it stung it stung with burning crusade but then it just kept stinging and then all of a sudden it just like where you know where'd the heart go out of this game and i think that's maybe the difference that i see when i i tend to reference world of warcraft Mm. sometimes but more often than not you know city of heroes is because there was heart there there was thought there and it was respectful to players time and it gave them like each like each you know patch major patch didn't completely fundamentally change the game Right. There was still like the same, like, I would say, core vision or principles. It wasn't just let's let's just see. Okay, you know, we we messed up in this last expansion. Let's do something different. But at the end of the day, their strategy ends up being the same as they come out with a system. The system in some form or another is broken. And then they at the end, they they fix it by having some sort of quick progression mechanic. Yeah. I mean, you got you got to realize, and again, I, I I guess their thinking is, well, if it still is making enough money to kind of run the show and give us like a decent amount on the bottom line, then why change our strategy? Why do something risky, right, that could potentially backfire, but still be something that's innovative? And that's, I guess, where, you know, I know we've talked a lot about where indie development has gone awry. But there's still that, like, I still have that hope and I, you know, nurturing that hope with Ashes of Creation that they do really execute on their vision is that when you aren't beholden to shareholders or your focus isn't about a bottom line, it's about making a good game that's engaging, that is going to keep players um, involved and wanting to spend time in the game, you know that that's more important than anything and that's really where game development started it was all about let's make something fun yeah and i think you have like a certain segment of a gaming company that has those people that are really passionate but then you've got this like this overhead say well you know we this isn't i know this is going to be fun but we really want to add a shop in here or we really want to make it grindy so people have to you know buy pay to win crap in right. order to um you know have an experience that's better than average right uh, 
What a good segue too in talking about the second bullet point they had on here, um, right. which was solid monetization practices. And I, yeah, totally everything you two have been talking about resonates for me. I mean, I feel like, you know, one, one way or the other, I, I hear us talking about this and one recently I saw a, before we kind of talk about the monetization bullet point here, this could be our damn show just outlining this article, but it's okay if it is, I think, because uh, it's, it's really well outlined and it's a good discussion. But there was a creator, not creator, a developer that worked for Blizzard uh, up until I believe she quit this week. And I saw it on Twitter, right, was basically talking about how she had quit working there and wasn't really doing anything in game development is kind of actually burned out on it now. And it's as a result of the experiences that they they had in a AAA studio with how it was, you know what I mean? And you go and you look at this person and they're clearly very passionate about game development, very passionate about creating you know, games that people love to play. And, and, and it's sad because I saw that it's like, here's a person who's passionate about game development, being a game developer and the studio burn them to the point where their passion gets diminished and they just don't even want anything to do with it right now. And I was like, this is so bad for gaming when you see something like that happen, I think. Um, and another thing that is really bad for gaming is, horrible monetization practices yeah. and and that's i know we could talk about it a lot and dataless was hitting on it and i guess do's and don'ts maybe we have some short bullet points on this one when it comes to what we consider solid monetization practices what, what do you guys think uh, i, I want to start it by saying real quick that the subscription model is still $15 a month, right? right uh, $15 yeah. a month doesn't hold the same weight. Now, now, I've also heard the argument that, well, server maintenance isn't as expensive as it used to be either, et cetera, et cetera. But also development teams didn't have to be as big as they have to now. And, and payroll is uh, a big, huge portion of what's going to create and continue that MMO to be able to squash bugs, create new content, keep the game running, make it a place new players want to come, et cetera. Uh, so... I do want to start it off with saying that $15 a month, how long are we going to continue that, right? Like how long is it stuck at $15 a month? Um, Who's going to be the first one with the kahunas to just be like, our game costs $19.99 a month or whatever the next step is um, and try to fund themselves with subscription models again. Um, Cause that's what happens. That's what happens. It ends up not being enough. And then, you know, they start having to layer new monetization on top of it, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess my counter argument to that is, you know, there's a certain level of engagement you need to be able to foster in your game. Mm. You can support a game on $15 a month. I think you really can. If you focus on building something that's engaging and 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 if it takes longer to do it you can still do that you just need to focus on the right things and as far as like monetization that i'm okay with i mean i think you know it's what's mentioned here it makes sense right is keep it cosmetic right but i'll kind of do one better and what i'm right now hearing intrepid saying about ashes of creation um 
but obviously we we need to get in the game to really validate that try trust but verify and that's make sure whatever you're putting out on a store cosmetic wise is equivalent to what you can earn in game right because again that's also gonna yeah. keep people engaged to say okay now i'm gonna spend time engaging in the game as opposed to not spending time in the game buying a bunch of stuff off of the store and then not really like continuing my subscription right i mean i think there's yeah. a balance there I'm, I'm sure it's not all or nothing like you know we're we're maybe talking about but i still feel like you can be totally successful in an mmo if you really focus on the right things um up front to capture players and you continue like honoring players time and not kind of doing shady stuff like putting in experience boosters and you know inventory expansions yeah. and character expansions and all those things that we consider you know pay to win or pay to convenience right i think in my opinion it's kind of the same thing right it is yeah, i do agree with that too it's like I think that this rigid stance that people have for uh, strictly saying pay to win only means that you can buy something that was is more powerful, right? Or of equal power or something in a game and, and specific, specifically focusing on that being weapons. I don't think that, I think that's an outdated definition now. And the reason I think it's outdated is because pay for convenience really started to show itself uh, from my perspective, specifically more after pay to win became a thing. And I don't know if it's as a result of pay to win existing and being seen as, I, I don't know, I can't speak for developers, but was it because um, they, they saw an opportunity to monetize an, you know, a, an element of the game that maybe wasn't there before pay to win existed. And we're like, well, we won't do it this way. So we'll do it this way. So it's not actually that, but this model will still work for us. And then, so, you know what I mean? Because look, Evidence speaks for itself. Go back. If you do the research and look at the earliest complaints from community around any game where pay to win existed, you didn't have cash shops that offered pay for convenience. It was not as prominent. It was almost non-existent until around that time. And then it just blew up everywhere. You see it all over the place in games now. And I agree. Like, I think that it is really important that the game box cost and or subscription model should be enough to support it. And then I go back to what Steven Sharif, the CEO creative director for Ashes of Creation said, because he, he stated something that is my philosophy on this, right? The content of your game should be enticing enough to get people to buy those expansions and or subscribe to your game so that you have the funding necessary to fulfill the game's development through its lifespan. I believe that wholeheartedly. One of the things I don't actually like about cash shops is a lot of times those things, even if they're cosmetics, completely directly replace what could be earned in game, which Devil Scrolls Online is notorious for this. You can go buy a motif thing. You don't even have to go and actually farm it and do the work for it in the game. Kind of shits on the – there's a lot of examples with the Elder Scrolls Online, right? No matter whether you like the game, it is one of the worst case examples for monetization in their shops. I'm sorry it is. With that being said, Ashes of Creation has been doing a cosmetic approach. They're going to have a subscription model, which is, by the way, Nathan, still going to be 15 a month. Right. Right, which, you know, I agree. I agree with you. 15 a month, 
these days for a high-end MMORPG like Ashes is aiming to be, regardless of whether it can be fully funded by Stephen Sharif, right? It still is, from my perspective, a low number for a monthly sub, especially when you don't charge anybody for the box cost of the game either. Right. And you're, and you're gonna rely on cosmetics. Now the issue with cosmetics is, and I'm knowing going on a whole big thing here, but totally want your feedback. The thing with cosmetics is we know that these cosmetic specific sets that we get monthly, which people don't like, some people don't like them. We know that these specific sets, these elements of these cosmetics, we know that chunks of these things, for example, the shoulders or the boots or the belt or the hood or the weapon or whatever that is there, we know and we know this is going to exist in the game whether it's cut up and put on different parts of an NPC or whether it's some other variation of a creature, we know they exist in the game. So my hope is that the cosmetics are a specific um, static sort of setup that you can apply, but that those elements that do exist in the game are somehow farmable in order to put together the same setup and color scheme via in-game merit is what I'm hoping because Although I do and am a proponent for Ashes of Creation, it, one of the things that I don't like about where a lot of MMOs currently are and have been going, and it's they're no exception at this time, is that there are things that you can get in the shop that you will never be able to get unless you buy them in the shop. And I miss the days where everything was in the game, not just the best stuff, everything was achievable in the game. And as long as I subbed, I had the time to go and find it and earn it and get it, even if it took me a long time. Like you said, that thing that had a low drop rate, I, I know it exists. It's there. Eventually, I'll get it if I just go after it. And I have to get it the same way other people do. And it's not locked behind like a price tag. The only exception to that that I'm cool with is like what World of Warcraft did, which is like fundraising sort of, right? They And it's very it's a very select very select amount of things even to this day and they do it for like relief like when you know there was like earthquakes or tsunamis or hurricanes or some you know funding some charity that they're doing and they take that initial amount and they're like hey all this is going to them and after that it'll still be here and you can buy it those things i actually don't have an issue with even though i know they're exclusive to the shop because it's so minimal yeah. and you're really passionate about game and you really wanted them all you could get them over a pretty extended period of time and not really hit you hard so yeah, and yeah. because of the charity thing right right that, that kind of changes the dynamic a little bit where it's like well they're helping some really good organizations um it's mounts it's purely cosmetic um the only thing i think in the cash shop for world of warcraft that has heard it although i can see you know i see the benefits as well is the wow token right um Not now true, the benefits yeah. the benefits are that it did cut down on um you know people selling gold because now there's an official way to do that um the bad news though is that um and it didn't happen to world of warcraft to the extent that it happened to everquest but when everquest did it um you know that's that is the currency now you know what i mean you want a crazy high powered uh chess piece or weapon they they literally uh, value it in how much it would cost for the their version of the token, right? Um, 
and that's the value of the game now, right? Like that's everything in the game is worth this many of those, right? Um, and it's just, I'm just not a fan. I see why companies do it. It's just like, I kind of like the old tactics better where they just banned people and tried to keep it at a minimum and constantly tried to freaking fight it by the word, by word algorithms and all that kind of thing. Um, and there just was no way to buy gold. You had to earn your freaking gold. Right. Yeah. My, my, my issues with monetization are pretty, pretty big. Like I, like I said, I, I'm hoping with ashes, even that that's something that's going to be, you know, and, and Kickstarter sort of stuff that that's completely its own thing. Right. And anybody who's like, well, I wasn't here and I missed out and it doesn't feel fair. We can't get it. I'm like, that's not, that's literally not, <laughs> it's not their fault because you weren't there. You know what I'm saying? That would be like, you know, imagine any time a game's already out and someone wasn't there. And it's like, oh, well, I should be able to go get this thing that existed in this period when notifications within the game and the company were, hey, this is here. If you want it, you got to be here for this. You got to do it this way. It's like you're not entitled to that stuff later because you weren't there. It's not their fault you weren't there. And it sucks because I've been in that situation where, you know, that's the case. So, okay. Next one connected universe so i guess on that point i know it to me i know what that means right all the pieces of the puzzle all the game systems all of the narratives all those things both from like an aesthetic perspective of the world the quests all that narrative is connected it all makes sense within this universe for example a game that's sci-fi you know and then talking you know where there's no magic that exists and you go talk to somebody else and they got magic like you got to make that connect for that to work there. Like, you know what I mean? So those, that's kind of what I, I hear. What's the connected universe to you guys? What does that mean to you when you play a game? I mean, everything kind of makes sense and fits. Yeah. It was something classic World of Warcraft did really well, right? Where, you know, uh, everything was in a bigger narrative, right? So every, everything was just a set piece for the bigger picture of the lore or the overall story of what's happening or um, all that kind of thing. It doesn't feel like mm. you're going through individual, you know, stories that aren't connected. It feels like everything is part of this bigger picture. And I think with an MMO, it needs to... Um, be very difficult for you as a player to experience the entire storyline um, without a large commitment of time um, because it's just that, you know, uh, convoluted or, or, or connected in so many different ways, just like the real world, right? Like to, to know an entire community or neighborhood, right? Or city, right? Mm -hmm. Like, can you imagine how much time that would take, right? Um, so to, to pretend like that we could somehow as one individual in a game learn everything about the entire world in, you know, a thousand hours or whatever, which is, uh, I would say, bare minimum of an mm -hmm. MMO, is a little unrealistic, right? It should be that big of a, of a thing where if you do know everything, it's because you've researched, right? You've put the pieces together. Um, so that, that's what it means to me. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, for me, it's just really the narrative of the world connecting to everything that I'm experiencing. And I think in a lot of ways, you've got like, I'm trying to think of some of the the games that do a really good job of this, 
World of Warcraft as an MMORPG did a good job of this up until like eh, Wrath, I would say. And then after that, it started to feel like it would just kind of slowly deviated and kind of broke apart. Didn't really seem to be as cohesive anymore. Um, but at that point in time, also everything, you know, really tied into a lot of the Warcraft narrative. So it all piggybacked off of that, even though they maybe were setting up for things later. But everything up to Wrath of Lich King, it made sense based on the Warcraft lore prior to the MMORPG launch. So when you think of a game like League of Legends, I mean, that's going to be, you know, they're working on Arcane and they got the League of Legends narrative. All that stuff will serve to be essentially what the MMO could piggyback right off of. And because there's not a lot of depth in a game in regard to uh, narrative in a game like a MOBA specifically, you you have a lot of freedom to create one as opposed to really having to sort of you know, ensure that it ties directly in story arcs, like don't get too far off track, um, which is something I think that happened a lot in like World of Warcraft is like, you're like, okay, I kind of get why we're killing Arthas, get why we're taking down Illidan. All these things make sense. Don't really understand why we're in Pandaland. Don't really understand. I was about to say that. <laughs> why we're fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't have an issue with playing pandas. The whole reason we were there in the first place didn't really it's still i'm going i don't how many islands can they possibly have on this (laughs) right the world that they haven't discovered that's all like any any place there's water but if they run out of water they just go and create a new dimensional thing and it's like now it's an alternate reality and then draenor was where we went right off the rails because you know what i'm saying when for me, when you do that and you say this is an alternate timeline and then it, it doesn't have a direct change in our timeline, but those elements can interact here. Yeah. After the fact, I'm going, I don't you didn't even make sense of this for me. You still haven't been able to make sense of it for me. That's a bit of a problem. That's a bit of a yeah. problem. That's a good way to ruin your lore, in my opinion. The time travel thing is a really good way to just mm. ruin everything to where it's like, well, this happened, but th- but but it didn't really happen because, like, come on, man. I don't want to even have to think about dumb stuff like that. Can we just have a history and a lore and stick with it? Do we have to insert time travel into it? That just messes it all up. I think yeah, the only time time travel is good is actually there was one time I think they pulled it off really well. And I can't believe that they actually even sat down and was like, we're going to freaking do this because it's so risky. Uh, but when Final Fantasy VII, the remake came out, and I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a little bit of time travel stuff there if you beat it. Um, that is how you do it, right? Because it's a remake. You know, so in the way they did it, I thought personally, I was like, that's pretty smart. Like, this is a smart way to do it right here. Right. Yeah, I I agree totally with that, too. Here's here's a really good one. Are you ready for this one? Oh, shit. I've got a video coming out. By the way, Nathan, I might trigger some people in the Pantheon community a little bit. It's not meant to trigger them, but people got a little bit of a they're they're a little quick to to fire at you when you say like they even see words on like an image. I remember I went, I did a video and like the Reddit community's kind of like went to town on me and I'm like, just watch the video and like 
because I have a tendency of making my title for things the discussion topic, and people often take that at first like glance and go, "Like it's your opinion." It, like that's the opinion of the of, right. of whatever, and then they go in, they're like, "You blah blah blah." I'm like, "Did you watch it? Watch it. Fucking you have to watch it. Just watch it." So I've got one coming up, but this is one of the things is I'm touching on innovation. Okay, and. Innovative gameplay, from my perspective, I think if you actually, I'm totally okay if people don't agree with me on this, but I think if you are going to, if you're, if you want to draw a a large enough crowd, large enough is something we could all define differently depending on different circumstances. So I'll leave that to you all, what that means to you, but if you want to lar- draw a large enough crowd in the MMORPG space, I do think these days something's got to be innovative, right? I have more concerns for MMORPGs that are focused on the old school perspective a little too much. I respect it and I appreciate it, but it does kind of, it can sometimes create uh, this element of them being a little niche. Again, nothing wrong sure. with niche at all. There's plenty of amazing games that are niche games, right? But it does plateau or limit some level of success in a certain space. Not a bad yeah. thing, because if someone's actually focused on, here's the marker we want to hit, and we hit it and we supersede it in our space, that's still success. Like, that's still great. Sure. Um but innovative gameplay is something they listed here. And I do believe that for a lot of MMOs these days, if there's nothing really innovative within it, in some capacity, whatever that is, I do think it's really hard for it to succeed. And I can't help but wonder when we look at a lot of indie devs that are working on MMORPGs, granted, um, I think there are a lot of good reasons that indie devs also face a lot of little limitations could be funding could be a lot of things that can get in the way of creating a game of that scale. But I do think innovation can be one of the dilemmas too. So I think in some ways, some games don't make it because of funding because of a lot of other issues. I do think innovation is definitely one of the, the things though. And it doesn't mean reinventing the wheel. It just means being innovative. I don't know. What do you all think about that? Yeah. Pantheon, Pantheon fought this recently, right? right? Because, um, you know, there, there was this idea that Pantheon was going to be, you know, EverQuest, but with better graphics and, you know, whatever. And that's totally not what it is, right? Like uh, what it's done here is it said, here's what was really good about MMOs back in the day. Now, what would have happened if MMOs would have evolved in that way into now, right? Like what kind of things mm. would be in the game? And they thought climbing would be in the, would be a thing, right? Like you should be able to climb based on endurance and based on stats and et cetera, and based on weather and all kinds of other things. You right. should be able to – swimming should be actually mysterious and um, something that you get a spell put on you so that you can dive that deep, not just like mm. there's this ridiculously long breath bar. <laughs> now you can swim anywhere you want, right? It should be something where it's like special to get to do that, right? Um, or, uh, you know, the – Weather shouldn't just be visual anymore, right? It's 2022. Weather should have an effect. There should be wizards Agreed. should be more powerful. Thunder, they got thunder uh, or or lightning type yeah. skills. Then in a thunderstorm, guess what? That mage is now a badass. Um, you know, stuff like that. And and not only that, but also it should affect the way you travel, the what you, you know, um, the way you behave, what you know, all those kind of things. So 
they're they broke they try they're trying to break away from that like look we're not really niche um we're just pretending as if world of warcraft to now never happened but what would have happened if we wouldn't have gotten to this weird spot in mmos where we just are rehashing the same ideas what kind of innovations would have would have come out of it and i think they've done a pretty good job so far of creating things that this is what we kind of thought mmos would be like back then yeah i i i think that makes a lot of sense nathan i mean what i think is missing from most mmos today is really that like the, the passion in terms of what they're doing and you know you talked about innovation um sam it's it's also about like attention to detail the little things that add up to create a holistic experience and i think that's what's missing i mean a lot of the earlier mmos i mean we just we talked about city of heroes earlier right, right? Yeah. a lot of the things that make that experience really fun is the little things it's it's a character creator that gives you that modular control. It's, you know, an ability to, you know, just swap a color on a power. I mean, those are all things that it's like it gives you an ability to really create an avatar that is really totally you. Um, and I think that's what I feel is really missing. And so when I think of innovation, you know, maybe there is like a, a drought of new ideas, but that's not to say that you can't take things you really liked about MMOs in the past and make them better. I mean, that's a lot of the basis that we've seen in some of this innovation that, you know, you're seeing in Pantheon, you're seeing in Ashes, you're seeing in MMOs that are really saying, hey, we really like this experience, but we want to refine it and we want to make it into something that feels new, but also feels familiar. That's, I think that's the challenge with MMOs is, they think, okay, well, if I just make something like World of Warcraft, I'll be successful. Well, no, you won't. Because World of Warcraft had other things. It had like a whole Absolutely. bucket of lore behind it. It had history behind it. It had like a lot of things. Now, granted, like, you know, the evolution of it or de-evolution of it, <laughs> um, you know, definitely hurt. But then now, you, you know, it, it sparked a lot of, people that were trying to recapture the success without really doing something truly like new or at least truly reimagined because at the end of the day you know there's it's tough to really innovate in like a space like this that has been out there for so long because there's systems that you kind of need to have and you can't necessarily not have those systems in there but you can find a fresh take on doing them better too and that's i think where we get more focus on again i'm probably beating a dead horse here but you get you get companies that are more focused on making money first versus making a good product first because it's it's not it's not rocket science to say if i make something that's good and well crafted and popular i don't necessarily need a huge marketing campaign to be able to make money off of it. I just need word of mouth, right? That's a lot of what, you know, Stephen Sharif did with Ashes of Creation. He just said, we're going to do our thing. We're not going to spend a bunch of money on advertising. We're just going to do something that we think is really cool, put a lot of passion behind it, 
and create a community around it. And they've garnered a lot of success even before they've released because of that strategy. And, and other developers, I think, can take a page out of that book to say, look, you don't need to spend a ton of money on marketing or smoke and mirrors. You don't need to just tell people what they want to hear and hope that they spend money on your game. Do good work. Right. And you'll get quality. You'll get the recognition, right? Good quality work. Both of you resonated that thought, you know, talking about the details, all the pieces. We were talking about it from the, the narrative component of the universe connecting to the systems and the innovation and all that. And I find it in some ways sad that these days we're talking about innovation and the thing that comes to mind are the details, right? I think it goes to tell you a lot of what's missing more than reinventing the wheel. And I had a discussion point about uh, a game, uh, Camelot Unchained. I did a, something a while back and somebody in, there's somebody who likes to comment about things uh, occasionally and they reference Ash as a creation specifically, you know, kind of, and it seems like the go-to is that like with this game, you can't expect Camelot and Chain to do what they do regularly. And I'm like, why not? All right. I'm not saying it's expectation, but you're also trying to advocate for a game that's nine years in the making now. Do we really even know how many people actually work at that studio anymore? I that's know. I don't. don't feel like I feel like it's probably down to just a bare minimum a at this point. Um, and and you know, what a mess, man! I don't think the game's ever. I don't think it's gonna make it. I just I, I'd be shocked if it makes it to release. And and I and I made a point too with that game, saying that it feels more to me like at this point that it's about the engine. Yeah. Than it is about anything else. And it's like, and the moment I say that, it's like, well, if there's some YouTuber who made a big spiel about it and hated on the game for it, it's like all I'm doing is just taking someone else's narrative. I'm like, maybe it's my own narrative for my own free thought. And there's something to merit in that if more than one person's coming to a similar right. conclusion. Right. Because their big focus from the very beginning was the Unchained Engine. Yeah. That was a really big discussion point all the way back to the very beginning. But their engine holds like zero value now. Right? I agree like, with you. I agree. It's just like, guys. Unreal Engine what? 5's there. Why would you? Yeah, what are you doing? Like, oh, Lord. Yeah, why would I want to like, if that is where they're, it's hard to know what the hell the game plan is because it doesn't feel anymore with that game that it's actually about releasing the game. And the only thing I can come up with is we're trying to make sure the engine is useful. I hope it's for the game in the future, but you kind of need people around. And it's like, well, the game's still in this state. And I'm like, homie, this game literally doesn't get anybody testing it. I yeah. saw it with my own eyes. People broke NDA to show me literally a yeah. 30 minute video of running around and the dude doesn't bump into another soul. And some of the issues that I saw them having, I didn't even see an alpha one for ashes feels bad, man. Yeah. Because of how long that game has been worked on. Oh man. It's been worked on since like, it's, I don't know. It's crazy. Long uh, time. Or something. I mean, yeah. Forever. <laughs> a long time, long time. Um, you know, in the last bullet point that they had, there was talking about community. And boy, if we didn't come full circle from one discussion point around Embers of Drift 
to an article talking about another game and the things that it probably is going to need to deliver on. Funny how community comes up all the time with an MMORPG, isn't it? Maybe not so funny. Yeah. We've got a few bullet points to hit on here. I'm not going to talk about these in detail due to time because I'm going to try to make sure we round this down close to a two-hour mark. But, but EverQuest is having its 23rd anniversary. New content returning favorites. I'm linking it in chat. If you're an EverQuest homie and fan, it's it's worth looking into. 17 years of anniversary content to explore. That's a lot. Talk about a game that is continuing to deliver to its community long after its inception, right? Long after it came into fruition here. Yeah. You know what else? Yeah. When did this news break? I didn't even see this. This was uh, today, actually. Oh, Oh, no. Sorry. Yesterday. Yesterday. My bad. I got to make a video on that. I didn't realize that news had broke. There you go. 23rd, right? Look at that. And then you've got another great shining example of a game that's been out for ages. I saw somebody was actually complaining about uh, its monetization in chat earlier, which is Lord of the Rings Online. Can I understand the perspective related to their shop? I can. But they've got the spring event coming out, still rocking it with an update, which is 32.0.4, which is out as of yesterday as well. Right? So there's that. And Mortal Online 2, which isn't really talking about shooting it back for the OGs in the community, but this was a final review from MMORPG. I'll let them do the talking on this one. I'm not planning to play it myself. It is a game with promise. It is a game I consider niche. This is a game that I consider niche, and I think it's a great example of a niche game that historically for its community has delivered Right, has done right by them and has delivered on a game that has uh, been reflective of its initial scope and vision. Right, they they don't have this ambition of being the next WoW killer or something. Right, they're like, this is what we're trying to do. Here's what we want to deliver on, and here it is, and that's what they do, and and it's respectable, right? Because not everyone's going to play Mortal Online for reasons. It's got a high PvP element to it, full loot. But there are people that love this sort of thing, right? And uh, yeah, it's it's just a good example uh, of a game that's sort of niche from my perspective, but delivers. Yeah. That's a good history so of it. Far. So far, so yeah. Far. And uh, there was one that someone talked about earlier about a Kickstarter CRPG, Black Geyser, um, launching on March 17th. This was a sponsored article on MMORPG.com. This game actually did give me some vibes. It's like isometric, if I'm not mistaken. It looked like it was yeah. at least. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, so it was in Kickstarter backed. It's a developed since 2015. Uh, early access in August 2022 is when they're entering into early access. And if you go look at it, it's definitely got some throwbacks to, um, I think one of the names they drop is actually uh, Baldur's Gate. Yeah, Baldur's yeah. Gate, yeah. Baldur's Gate more so. I haven't had a chance to look at that one yet, uh, but if you're into games like that, it's something to check out. Um, I didn't, I haven't checked out the Kickstarter or anything, but I briefly skimmed it. Pretty solid presentation from my perspective. So it doesn't really like have any of those like warning flags, but it's also not one that I've like taken a lot of time to really invest in either. Which brings us to our final point, because I wanted to make sure we didn't not talk about it today, because this one comes from Daedalus, and I'm going to let him sort of hit on this particular one, why don't you kind of tell them about Gotham Knights and the release? 
Okay. Um, so this is uh, obviously it is a DC Universe game. Mm-hmm. It is kind of a co-op, single player co-op game where you can play as essentially the uh, Batman mm-hmm. sidekick. So you've got you know Robin, Red Hood, uh, you know Nightwing, uh, Batgirl, and it's essentially like it, I would expect in the style of the Arkham Arkham games, but not necessarily in the Arkham universe. Right. Um, but it is something that I think was announced last year. I want to say maybe a little bit before that got pushed to um, 2022 for release, but it is finally releasing actually oh. the day before my birthday in oh. October. Shit. So might play get it? me a little present and it is like <laughs> on all platforms, but it is, something that I've been pretty excited about because it's a way to play, uh, you know, a really quality looking and looks like an interesting superhero game with friends in a smaller setting. It's not an MMO, but it's still something that you can kind of hop in with friends and do. Mm, The one thing um, that I'm not sure if it's cross play, but it is going to be available on consoles and PC. Very cool. That looks interesting. See, and that potentially, I think, can offer something that Elden Ring, if we're coming full circle again, right? Elden Ring is not a game that I I play because I want to get through it all real fast and beat the game first. I remember remember what I talked about with this one. I just want a game that I can jump into whenever I got time that I can do this con- consistently with for a long time. I need something like that that I can look forward to playing. And... Elden Ring is one of those games, and and this could potentially be a game similar, right? It's not Souls-like or any of that, but it, you know, (laughs) which, by the way, multiplayer in Elden Ring is a whole lot of, not a good... Don't no. buy Elden Ring if you're like, no. like I, I was like, oh, this would be a really good game. I'm glad I didn't waste my money. But this would be a really good game <laughs> for me and my wife to play together, even though I knew it would be hard and all that. So it's be really fun because I'll get some hilarious reactions out of her, you know? And uh, no, no, don't even, don't even consider, unless you like to PvP and you just want to jump in and like, you know, hide somewhere and uh, backstab somebody. Yeah. Unless that's your thing. Then, like, dude, just forget the multiplayer. It's so garbage, dude. Ugh, nah. It makes me want to. I wish you wasn't even in it. I, I know it's a Dark Souls thing, so it had to be there. But, dude, you could have made it so cool. It could have been right. like, I just play with one friend. Sure. You know, that for as long as you want. Just they join your game and they're just like a sidekick in your world. Uh, and you can switch back and forth. You can go to their world. Um, you know, and keep so it's not complicated and the storyline's still focused on the player and the other person's just helping them out or whatever. That would have been fine. This weird finger stuff. Stupid. Man. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, I, I think that finger needed to be baked in the oven a little bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Daedalus and I tried it one night and some people weren't having the issues we had, but I was like, it isn't just us. You know, it would have been a good way to do that if they did it co op like Gotham Knights is planning on doing it where it's like smaller scale, like multiplayer, where it's just like maybe a co-op mode. Uh, Gears of War, I think, did this too in the shooter where it was like one other person, right? You could play with one other person. Wouldn't it be cool if they just set up a completely different list of achievements in Elden Ring for co-op to where you jump in and it's like you got your solo adventure and you got your co-op adventure and maybe you get like different, different 
achievements or maybe certain armor sets only drop in one versus the other uh, you could right. wear maybe the the co-op one and like your one player one and still use it and everything but it could only be earned there and as maybe similar maybe bonuses you get in co-op that you don't yeah. get so it's not overpowered in single player i mean there's so there's so many of, things mm, you could do here true i still am gonna hold out a little bit of hope I do think Same. that from software might do something later on, right? Well, I have a feeling, you know, the performance issues on PC, which I've got a fixed video on my channel, you go. which for me, I mean, I'm pretty good now. I see a stutter every once in a while, but never during a boss fight or anything important. Nice. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are doing even that trick. It's not working for them. So for some people, they're just stuck with the horrible stuttering problem. So I feel like that maybe they're just trying to, because we've got a big new patch today. Um, maybe they're trying to get the performance problems and all the really important stuff down first, and then maybe we'll get an announcement for some kind of actual multiplayer. If they do, man, I'll be so excited. That'll be so fun. Like, I hop in your game or get my wife to play or play with people in the community. That would mm, be right. awesome. And that's I the agree. only reason I bought on PC, dude. I would right. have bought this oh, on the yeah. freaking PS4 Pro, which runs at 60 frames per second, no problem, et cetera, et cetera. Because um, I knew from software, we said this before it launched, was not a PC developer. Right. But I was like, but it's multiplayer and community will want to play with me, so I'm going to get on PC. Ah! Man, you, you imagine if they had something that came at, like out later to where they're like, oh, by the way, we got a free DLC patch for everybody coming out. Yeah, it's dude. a multiplayer like adventure that you can go on together. You imagine yeah. if they did that this game. I mean, you want to talk about dropping a, a hammer on the competition like you already did because you made, I don't know, half a billion dollars already. Probably, probably by now, I would say probably like a half a billion before tax or whatever. I would assume that's pretty safe minus all the yeah. whatever you did. Seems very fair. If we just went 50, what, 12 million copies, right? Is that what you said? 12, yeah, 12 million, million yeah. 50, 50, do the math. 12 million, 50 bucks a copy, not including the more expensive ones, not including any of the other stuff. Half, almost half a billion right there. Boom. Not even including people that are still waiting for it to go on sale or become cheaper to where you're going to make profits off of that yeah, too. It's more than half a billion. 600, 600. Million. There you go. Right. That's a lot of damn money, dude. You want to talk about dropping the hammer on the competition? Imagine if you did a solid. If they come out and do this, they're going to be fucking legends. Yeah. If they come out and go, guess what? We got a DLC. You all don't have to pay shit. It's free because you own the game. Enjoy, friends. And a lot we more people will buy it, too. Already Ooh. in the chat, Sparrow said, like, they would have bought two copies, right? Because her and her husband yeah. would play together. Um, and a lot of people feel like that. Like, dude, that's somebody I tag along with. It make this grind and this. Uh, I don't really want. To say, it is a grind, but it's a, it's not the kind of grind like we typically talk about. It's True. like a get better grind. But um, that Nintendo it, grind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they would, if they if they put that in there, though, it does make those really hard boss battles more. Not as getting pissed off feeling uh, <laughs> if you're playing with somebody else. It really does change the dynamic where you're laughing and you see your friend get smacked across the room. And, you know, it's just then you get, turn around and get your. You know, <laughs> yeah. Into. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know because yeah. that's 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 what when when Daedalus jumped in with me that Friday, we were trying to make multiplayer work. 
um we kept getting disconnected a lot and from yeah. each other and, and yeah, it, was, it was a un- hot mess yeah and it was just unfortunate because if you disconnect from your your in co-op then basically like whatever you're doing you it resets it that's it you're not doing it it's like that's that isn't that isn't gonna that isn't good for co-op gameplay at all. So if they fix that and you can just run around and play co-op, that's awesome. I'd totally run with Daedalus. I'd be like, dude, we're going to set up a day and we're just going to fucking do Elden Ring dealer. That'd be 100%. cool. Crap. That'd be so much fun. Yeah, because that would be badass to play a Souls-like game with a homie. And it's like, get back, dude. I'm trying to hold him off. But if I die, we both got to start over again. Oh, man. You want to talk about some fun moments. And just for the hilarity and the absurdity of it, if they do do the multiplayer thing, please make it to where the second player that joins your game has to ride on your horse with you. Like they can swing <laughs> their little sword, but they have to like they have to like ride. On. Yeah. That would that would feel so so perfect for the type of game this is, wouldn't it, dude? And Daedalus. And if you <laughs> fell in battle against a boss, and I saw your runes in there, I wouldn't even loot them. Right? Yeah. I wouldn't even loot them, despite what people think. Y'all fuckers think badly of me, huh? You could you could have us on the horse back to back, so one of us can swing one way and one of right? us can swing the other. I'll cover the Listen, rear. <laughs> I don't have. I have to say, I have to say this out loud. Yeah. I do not have that. Per, I don't know how Simmer got that Thank reputation you. because I play D and D with them, and if you don't know that, then that's crazy. You should have been watching. We played a whole Agreed. campaign. And it was cool, but. I played with Sim, and there was times where, like, this was perfect for Sim. And I'm like, dude, take that. And he's like, well, I already got this other thing. Why don't you just take it? You know, you don't have it. You don't have a magic item yet. But you, even though it's perfect right. for a paladin. So I gotta say that. I gotta say he's a little nicer than you guys pretend. Yes, and to be <laughs> fair, this is me as a GM too, right? When you do rating and stuff like that, you want to try to gear everybody evenly because you, as a whole, have a greater chance of success. And it's a hundred percent the way I approach group gameplay. Like I always have, I mean, even my brothers, like, and I, when they weren't being little shits as kids, like they would, we would do that. <laughs> They're little brothers. So, you know, little brothers, right? Like, yeah. yeah. So I appreciate that, Nathan. Right. I appreciate that you have that to say in my defense, which is really hard for me to understand why this keeps happening. Well, now that's different. So now we're going to have to talk about <laughs> the other side. No, I Which don't. Tim did take something from me on that couch. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> don't clip this, please. No, 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 no. I didn't take anything. No, no, Nathan. That never He's happened. taking things from a lot of us, Nathan. I'm just well. Hey, I, I hey, that's not fair. That's not fair. He didn't take it. I signed the agreement. I'll be <laughs> Two words, ultimate defense. <laughs> it's the only thing that'll defend you from that couch friends what oh my god what are you, what are you talking about no, you imagine if freak was here during an episode like this there's been so much casting couch talk he'd be oh, talking yeah. about oh, yeah. clear oh, seats and shit and i'd be like oh bro <laughs> the clear fuck <laughs> if we like, ever get this live in the same room i'm definitely bringing the plastic wrap as i love to say <laughs> i'll be like what is going on with you oh man that would be amazing so yeah, that's cool, man. That there's another game that's got like a like a legit solid, um, yeah, solid multiplayer or co-op mode. Um, I think you know who I think's going to do it. You know who I think's going to do a real <laughs> multiplayer experience on their next game that who? is supposedly in the works. We don't really know, but we assume so. 
think I think it's time, dude. I think the next Elden. Uh, oh, whoops, sorry, it's been too long. Uh, El- <laughs> the Elder next Scrolls? Elder Scrolls game, ah. I think, is gonna do a proper oh, multiplayer. No. It'll be a buggy mess. It'll be a buggy mess. Right. Oh, my God. I'm just trying not to. Y'all are crazy. I mean, Sparrow, (laughs) you reinforce this narrative. So I just have to say, (laughs) you you know, you like. Yeah. She's not crazy. Here's your pill so you can enjoy that crazy a little bit more. She's not exactly wearing white linen right now. (laughs) Exactly. She did. She did. She did. A little bit I'm like, 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 oh, what's that? Not savory enough? Let me stir that up a little bit for you. <laughs> yeah, dude. What a great show, man. We've, we've got some fun things going on. We got City Heroes here in the community tomorrow, um, 5 p.m. Central. If you're listening to this, you catch it before tomorrow's live stream. Um, you're more than welcome to join. Seriously, it's anybody in this community that is welcome, is welcome to join us. It's to, to get to know other people here, whether you're on this show, the Pathfinder show, uh, live streams, uh, game nights, games in general, ashes or otherwise. Um, if, if you like good times with good people and, you know, just having fun and you, you enjoy your time here, you're all welcome. Seriously. We're doing it almost every Friday. Um, so with that being said, you're all welcome. I just want you to know that um, if you want more details about the games that are planned or any of that stuff, um, just just join Discord, uh, discord.gg forward slash some org by name. And uh, it'll we'll have all the stuff in the channels as they're they're popping up. So I'm going to let the gentleman go on ahead. Shout out their domains where you can find them when they're not on this podcast. Nathan. Wait a minute. Can what? we really can we really end this stream? After that little thing what? that Daedalus just popped up, we really didn't even talk about that. What is it? Kind, oh, kind of a big fuck. deal. Oh, kind of a big deal. Okay. Kind of a big deal. Only problem is I haven't watched it. I just remembered that I, you know, that it was coming on. So I'm gonna. Right, we I'm we gonna can save it. We can save it for let's, next time. Let's save it. Let's save all it. All right. All right. There's a little mystery. I, I just accidentally mm. was in for a second with the almost telling, and then not. Uh. Oh. Anyway. Wait, oh, in chat there? Nah, we can talk about that. Fuck, I forgot yeah. that announcement came out. I forgot to add it to the list. Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. Yes, that's, uh, I forget the date that's planned. It's it's not far off, but yeah, they did a stream today, right? Yeah, it was it? At, I think it was at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern. Oh my gosh. Was, Psyched anybody. It was like two. Right, a couple hours ago. This is like a bonus for anybody who who actually listens to the very end and didn't just stop at the point where we're getting ready to go around. Right? I haven't watched this yet. Oh my god! Yeah, me either. Looks good. It looks really good. It looks like they put some love and care into recreating this world. Um, I gotta say that to me, which I'm a nerd, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I personally feel like the creatures, yeah, in the game look cooler than they did in the movie they look really? more i'm watching they, now they just look more like not for children you know they just mm. look like what they might really be like like they didn't try to doll it up at all um yeah i'm pretty excited about this because uh i feel like that's I'm a sure. world yeah, that it really is. hasn't gotten explored a lot and this is an opportunity for fans of uh of the franchise to really like feel like they got to create a wizard and and go on this adventure so i got high hopes for this one what's that cthulhu face hound horn head thing what the hell that's sick as hell yeah that's what i'm saying that looks 
really oh cool. Oh my god, dude, this is nuts, man. We are gonna watch this together as soon as this is over. But we've linked it in chat for people to watch. This is badass, dude. Oh my god. Yeah, that looks so pretty. Whoa, uh, they're, they're building a world right there. That's that's. Did, did you see the Damn. Griffin? And they're like flying on the Griffin. No, oh, love Griffin. Oh, we're watching this. Damn, man. Clearly, this is this gameplay footage. It's 14 minutes worth, almost 15 minutes worth. They've even got things on here like potion alchemy. Oh, damn. Now, is this going to be on PC or is it only PlayStation still? No, this is a PC game. Uh, PC, PlayStation, and Xbox, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, boy. This is going to be fun to see. play. Yeah, and I agree with you, man. This is like set in 1800s as well. So this one's going to be one that we're actually going to get to. Man, I'm going to watch this, and we're going to – we're leaving people with something to check out between now and next time. And when we revisit next time, we'll pick up on this and talk about our takeaways, I think, because they look like they show off crafting, combat, lore, creatures. Yeah, um, yeah and there's also yeah. like that 30, I think it's only 30 minutes long of them just playing the game. Um, yeah. So that, that's pretty cool, too. And uh, I, I wanted to say for sure, I looked it up, it is coming out on freaking everything you know ps4 ps5 xboxes um pc everything but switch damn we yeah we're gonna watch this live here and then everybody that's listening to this or seeing it over the course of youtube or seeing over the course of the week over on my youtube where this is housed definitely let us know what you think if you check it out and then we're actually gonna piggyback off of this next week Oh, yeah. Full presentation. Thank you, friends. Appreciate it, Daedalus. We're going to check both of those out here live. That's a good way to wrap up as for part of our post show tonight. And then, yeah, we'll catch up next week. We'll revisit uh, the Hogwarts legacy footage, uh, takeaways, um, any criticisms we have, things we want to see or not see, etc. Um, yeah, but I agree wholeheartedly. This is uh, totally a great example of a world that hasn't been fully explored, explored, especially the past. And we've, we hear about a lot of things. How interesting if they were to just, uh, to actually explore parts of the lore of the deathly hollows in this too. And yes, please do. Wouldn't please, it? I hope they do. That'd yeah. be great. Oh man. Yeah, Plus I would agree there. All the references back to the early days of Hogwarts too. And the, the old Matt mage or the sorcerers or whatever, and witches and mages and stuff back then. Well, uh, doesn't wizards. it take place? Before the events of uh, the yes. series, yeah, right, right, yeah, it's like yeah. a, it's like a good hundred, give or take years, right? So yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely uh, back then. I forget what you know what period Hogwarts was founded though, because there was like you know basically each house is named after one of the old uh, wizards or or you know which is basically back then that, you know, uh, Slytherin and Gryffindor, and they all had like, uh, there were like certain relics or artifacts and influences on things overall. And if you don't know about that, you can, you can pick up on some of that through Harry Potter. But um, if we get to explore some of that as well as stuff that we don't even know existed, that's just going to make those movies even or books even richer. Yeah. What if we get to see the founding of those houses, right? Oh, like, God, how cool sick. would that be? And then have to pick which faction at some point in the game. Yeah, that would be freaking sick. 
See what happens there. <laughs> it was like Sim was saying it was the end of the show. Is it? Yeah, technically, but we we had a oop. Gotcha. Just kidding. <laughs> we're doing a shout out. Never mind. We got one more, two more things to say. Okay, now <laughs> we're gonna round the show down, gentlemen. Nathan, then Daedalus, please shout out your domains and where people can find you when you're not on this podcast, friends. Nathan. Uh, I you can find me on YouTube, the Nathan Napalm. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter, the Nathan Napalm. And um, yep, that's it. And you Daedalus. can find me on Twitter at the Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash slash the Ashen Herald. Right on, friends. And if you want to support this show, please go over to patreon.com forward slash Samorg and uh, become a patron there. Uh, it's one way to sort of make your money count more i guess but super shout out to everybody here who supports no matter where you do it's greatly appreciated so thank you so much for supporting the show the podcast and its production and friends with that being said might be the end of today's show but we're always looking for more to join the party rants of plenty until next week you all live your best lives walk in the light and have a great night friends we'll see you again next week good night everybody take care everyone yep bye bye